0: All right, welcome to the live stream, everyone. Um, So we do these about every single week. And what we're going to do is answer your questions that you may have about home buying. Um, So if you have a question about buying a home, getting a mortgage, how's the whole process work? Can you qualify for a loan? Ask those questions in the chat and we would love to answer them. So my name is Kyle. This is Dan Frio um, here. So we both have a YouTube channel that we're we're streaming to both of our YouTube channels now. Um, So Dan has uh, the rate update with Dan Frio and I have Win the House You Love. And we have a team of mortgage advisors all throughout the US um, who would be happy to help. If you're like, I want to look at some numbers or get a pre-approval or you just have questions about buying a house, um, you are welcome to visit our website and we'd love to be able to help you out with that. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to answer some questions, cover a little bit of what's going on with interest rates. And uh, Dan, do you have anything for us at the top?
1: Yeah. So the first thing, let's just go over the economics of a lot of things happening in today's market. Uh, the one thing I do on my channel is I put a post out of uh, an email or a video each morning, just kind of going over the economics of things. So what we're seeing right now is what we're, we're noticing is the, the futures market is telling us that there's one more rate increase from the Fed coming in May. Uh, So the expectations are the Fed's going to raise rates by a quarter percent in May. There's a 90 percent chance of that at this point. So and we're getting closer and closer to that. So that's going to happen. And then basically even the Fed, uh, people in the Fed is starting to say, then it's hands off. So then they're not going to really do much of anything. So now it's basically the point of letting the dust settle. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Well, not the economy, but us in the housing industry and mortgages and you guys out there as the consumer, I think we're going to see a Fed pivot uh, mid-year to the latter part of the year because I think they've overdone it. When you really dissect the numbers, especially the shelter numbers in the CPI, that's inflation numbers, uh, those numbers are showing that that the inflation isn't as high as the Fed shows it today. And it's probably about, right in the realm of about 2.5% to 2.6%, and the Fed's looking at it, they want to get it to 2%. So we're right yeah. on the brink of things, and I think this is going to do it. And I think, you know, if you've waited off this long, you know, the spring season, summer season is going to put you in a good spot. You're going to have a lot of inventory on the market, and you're going to have uh, rates starting to ease. Just be careful that the recession doesn't hit you and in your job.
0: Yeah, the I think what's interesting is, and maybe a lot of people don't understand this is like the, what the Fed's job is. One of the goals that the the Federal Reserve's job is is to manage inflation, make sure it doesn't get out of hand, and the they only have a couple tools to do that. And one of the tools that they've been using pretty heavily in the past uh, year is the federal funds rate, which is basically the rate uh, at which banks lend each other overnight. It is not directly the mortgage interest rate. And I think some people have a little confusion because yeah. they saw like interest rates our Fed rates increase, and then mortgage rates increase. And it doesn't really work that way. It's primarily that mortgage rates are actually more closely connected to inflation. And so as inflation increases, mortgage rates increase. And the way that I've always heard, um, or like the analogy I've heard for the Fed is kind of like uh, when, they, when they control the Fed funds rate, it's almost like they have the accelerator of a car, but they're looking at inflation in the rear view mirror to see where they're going. So it's a pretty bad way to drive. Yeah. <laughs> if all you have access to is like a lead foot and you can only see data from, you know, because inflation is is primarily like this indicator that's lagging a few months to actually see what's happening uh in uh like uh, the price growth of things. Um, so it's really interesting to see, and like you were mentioning, it's uh not a good indication of exactly what's happening uh, in the market at the time
1: with with all the all the technology we have in today's world it's hard to believe that the federal reserve hasn't really changed how and some a lot of the things that they monitor uh and kept up with time so once they figure that out hopefully they'll they won't overshoot in the future but i think this time they overshot once again uh but they're 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 pulled they pull down inflation fast and it's going to be faster than you, you know, a lot of people even realize. So I think it's good. Where
0: was So let's say inflation comes back down to you know the target around two yep. percent, um, or even closer. We're, we're sitting around like four, two to four percent. Where do you think interest rates are going to sit once we get back to a normal? Inflation. Um, Great market.
1: question, and the and the hard part, part of answering that is you can go back in history and say, okay, here's what happens, or you can go back to the economics books and really study what happened. But what, what we fail to realize is the quantitative easing that the the government has done over the past three, four, five years. Well, hell, the last decade. But look how much money was pumped into the system within the last two, three years. So I, I follow a, a, something that's called the M2 money supply. It shows how much money is in circulation right now, and it is coming out rapidly. I'm going to do a, a video tomorrow morning showing people the deficit and how all these numbers are, are affecting things. Uh, but what's happening right now that the Federal Reserve has all this all this debt? and a lot of it is mortgage-backed securities, and they need to get rid of it. They need to sell it on the open market. So if we didn't have that, well, then rates would probably be, the normal probably rate in these world, this times right now is probably about five and a half. Um, But because the Fed has this huge balance sheet and how they got it is they overstimulated the economy and they, they artificially made rates low for so long, now they'd have this huge thing that they gotta get rid of. And as they sell off these securities, it, pumps, it, it basically makes the prices of these bonds go down because now there's more and more and more supply and when the prices of the bonds go down yields or rates go up so that's the conundrum right now it's like we're not in a normal market that you could just say well you know back 20 years ago when this happened this happened Well, we've never seen this much stimulus in the economy and basically the world shut down for two years yeah. So that's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge what's going on because we don't have something again, like you see in the rear view mirror, we have nothing to look back and say, okay, here's what happened last time we went through COVID So right. that's where all these, you know, nobody really knows what tomorrow's going to bring. We can just kind of read the best tea leaves we can.
0: Yes. Is that what you do? You reading the tea leaves? <laughs> so I, <laughs>
1: shit, I forgot my tea cup. I, I okay.
0: usually, I, I usually go with the magic eight balls. My, uh, figure out the future but that's why you know,
1: um, a lot of people ask me things like that and then that's why i say i say i i monitor so much stuff that you, you would probably think i'm a geek but you know i watch the chicago mercantile exchange you know what's going on with the futures market with mortgage backed security bonds uh what's going on with the federal funds rate on the in the you know bonds markets and things like that. out. that's how i get a gauge of you know i pretty much know the federal reserve in may is going to raise rates a quarter i mean it's baked in the markets are saying it is definite uh, unless something really major happens within the next two three weeks, which I don't see, but in today's world, who knows? I mean, because the yeah. media just tries to keep pumping the fire just to keep the ratings going. And right now, there's you know, there's a lot to talk about, but they, I don't know, they, they're talking about the wrong things.
0: Yeah, uh, cool. So let's we have some questions in here. Let's go ahead and run through those. So we see we have Andrew, Bobby, uh, Drakesky, Yifty, Angel, Shirley. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, Andrew, you asked, is there any type of program that allows me to use 1099 income on top of a W two towards a prequalification? My 1099 business is not two years old yet. Um, so with the, you to use both, you will need to have two years on the 1099 job, but you don't need a special program to do that. Um, any type of loan will allow you to use both W two and 1099 income, but you will need to have that two-year history. Of that uh, 1099 income to be able to make that work, unfortunately.
1: Here, hold on though. There is more and more stuff keeps coming in on a daily basis. There are uh, non-QM loans right now that we're able to do some of these loans. So I don't mean to contradict you, but there, I, I see. I get all the emails from all the programs coming through right now, and we just actually closed our second or third stated income loan. Uh, it was a self-employed person for a year that had a ton of money. They were they sold a business did fantastic, had a chunk of money. So they bought a house, they put 20% down, had uh, 12 months plus in reserve money, and we were able to close on that loan. So there are some hopes there. Um, What I'd suggest you do is set up a consultation because every day we're getting alerted of new programs. And the reason being is, you know, the conventional loans and FHA loans, we all know that the housing market is suffering right now. So in the banks and all the lenders are trying to figure out okay what kind of products can we come up with to drive in more business and one of these is they're getting back to these kind of i I'll say you know the bad loans that we had back in you know 20 years ago but the good news here is they're they're making you put skin in the game so back you know 20 years ago you could do a 100% stated income loan no money down, you know, the whole ball of wax. Today you're going to need probably 20-25% into the loan, your own cash, plus you're going to have to show you have reserves in the background to, you know, make at least, you know, a year or two worth of payments. And that is prudent underwriting, and that's why they put that in place. So I didn't sorry about yeah. contradicting you there, but there is some oh, there, yeah, is some no. light there uh, for a lot of borrowers, self, especially self-employed borrowers.
0: Yeah. Um Robin, ooh, hey Robin. Uh, said hey, Colin Dan, Hello, missed you guys Robin. last week. Uh, good to see you again, Robin. Um, let's see. Drake ski said closing next June. Curious about the rates. Um, well, if you're closing next June, let's see, are you under contract already? You
1: mean like 60 days or June of 2024? I'm assuming when you say next,
0: I was day. assuming like this upcoming June.
1: Okay, I, my, my bad. All right. Or maybe,
0: yeah, maybe next, maybe next year. Yeah. Let us know which, which one is that next I'm year a, or come on? Let's ones? just
1: assume it's, it's this year. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the question.
0: Uh, Let's, I don't know. There was really a question there. Um. Okay. Can you use Roth IRA for a down payment and closing costs? Yes, you can. Does money you put in the Roth IRA have to be seasoned? Um, You can't, it can't be in the Roth IRA for like one day and then you pull Wait. it out uh as long as it's been in there for two two months or more it's going to be fine if it wasn't let's say you just put the money in the Roth and then you decided to pull it out then you're going to have to show the bank account before the Roth so that account into the Roth and then in there you basically need a 2 year history I'm sorry 2 month history of that money um and you'll be fine. You can't just throw it into a Roth and then pull it straight back out and be like, it's fine.
1: You guys got to be nice to Kyle tonight because I heard he got his ass kicked
0: in pickleball today. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. No, it's the other way around. That's why I'm so tired (laughs) is everyone else got destroyed. I'm losing friendships over pickleball. (laughs) Have you been playing anymore? I just
1: played that one time. It was a blast. I couldn't walk for three days, but
0: it's... uh, Man, dude, the first time I played, my butt was so sore. It's like <laughs> that's it's what like,
1: mine was too. Yeah, it was like, I,
0: I, yeah, my my. I can't walked the office the
1: next day, and I'm like, <laughs> man, my ass hurts. And everybody's like, there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm like, oh. My oh.
0: Bad. <laughs> is, anyone, is anyone else in the the pickleball craze pickleball in the chat? We- uh, it's it's like taking over. Oh man, it's um. Nuts. Let's see. Shirley, you said, how does a rate buy-down work? Is it something that's only offered to the buyers with great credit scores? Um, So I have a whole calculator that does this. Uh, You can go to winthehouseyoulove.com slash buy-down. Um, And no, there's no credit score limit with this. Um, So the way that it works is the seller is going to give you a credit. Um, So this is going to be negotiated uh, when you make an offer on the home. So they'll give you some money, and then that money is going to help offset your mortgage payment. What's most common is a two, one buy down. So let's say that, uh, the interest rate you would get right now is let's say six and a half percent. Well, in year one, it's going to be lower by 2%. Um, so you're going to have a four and a half percent interest rate year one year two, it's going to be lower by 1%. So you'll have a five and a half interest rate in year two. And then in year three, it'll be six and a half through 30 years. Um, so basically all this is, it's kind of like, uh, a credit to help offset your mortgage payment for the first couple of years, and then it goes to the normal payment. So you kind of ease into the mortgage payment. Um, so that absolutely is an option, and that calculator helps you explore all the math and understand that a little bit more in detail. Um, June Kim said, hello, appreciate your channel and a follower. Um, my estimation is that with the CPI reading still being uh, propped up by it, the owner's equivalent rent, Mm-hmm. Housing weighted on CPI also increased recently um, They also said CPI reading is going to be deflationary going into 2020. I'm sorry disinflationary going into 2023. Yeah. Uh, I, do you have any I, thoughts on that Dan?
1: I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. I'm kind of in that that realm with you because we have the I, I don't think there's t- there's enough supply. Everywhere. And I could be wrong. I don't think there's enough supply to actually start seeing deflation happen. But if deflation happens, that's that's a major problem that the U.S. is going to have. We won't talk about it here, but um, yeah, I'm on I'm on the same realm as you. We probably watch and study the same stuff. You know, the the housing factor in the the way the Federal Reserve creates or they, they monitor the CPI is archaic. And I mean, everybody knows it from Wall Street and everybody else. That's why Wall Street they keep saying well, Wall Street's disconnected with the Fed, which is disconnected with this, because you know I, I'm taking. I hate to say it this way, and they always say don't bet against the Fed. I'm going to bet against the Fed on this one. I, I think they've overshot, and they're going to realize uh, in a, in three, four, five months that they they way overshot. So, but I hope this de- deflation isn't in the in the uh, in the headlights. But that's a whole
0: new set of problems. yeah, that's a
1: whole new <laughs> set of problems. So don't even start that realm mainstream media will jump all over that and say how the world's gonna end now we got disinflation.
0: So, yeah we got we gotta deal with inflation first. Uh, Angel said does the program that was introduced in December uh, that helps with rates still active If so, does it stack with the home ready home possible program? Um, if you're talking about like the loan level pricement price adjustment um, it's not a it's not a program necessarily. Um, it's just a rule change that happened with conventional loans. Is that, is that the one they're mentioning?
1: I, I, it might be the, the the buy downs, the two one buy downs. I think that's, I mean, that's when we start talking about these things. I don't know if you remember. Remember they came up, yeah. you know, I, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, if you can clarify exactly which program, um, cause like uh, they're actually, I'm not aware of any new programs cause like the loan level price adjustment one was just a rule change. And that's always going to be active forever until they change it again um, or unless they change again. And then buy downs have always existed, but people have, did start talking about them more recently. Uh, so if you could let me know, we can on that a little bit more. Um, my cat is sitting on my keyboard and that's going to cause some problems. Um, oh, okay. Angel said it was the loan, the loan level price adjustment. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that still exists. Um, and for home, if you have a home ready loan, then you get the uh, loan level price adjustment waiver, so the adjustments don't even affect you at all if you have a home ready loan. Here's or a here's a matter. good caption to go over while we're talking about this.
1: Check out I, I just did a video this morning I think it was or this afternoon, uh, and I have Cat working on it, so I'll be launching a video on Monday um, showing you a calculator that Kyle actually has, and he might even be able to show. I don't know if you can pop it up. Um, but it's showing us, and this was eye-opening to me. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because that, that person just asked about the loan level price adjustments. Normally, if you have somebody with a 680 credit score, I I don't care really what they're putting down, they're putting down 5% or whatever. It's normally in the past, it's always been beneficial to go conventional with a conventional loan. Um, but some of these loan level price adjustments that just kicked in are kind of pushing more and more people to FHA. So I have a, a, a borrower with the same name as me, um, who's, we've been working with for months to help him, you know, with, with, you know, finding a realtor and finding a house and finding all this other stuff, finally put a house under contract. We got him locked in today and it was, it was kind of eye opening to me. I put in his numbers. He's got good credit, good income, low debt ratio. And he was, he was able to save a substantial amount of money. Even with the upfront PMI from FHA, he was able to save a substantial amount of money going FHA. Because the rate differential was almost 1%, believe it or not. And then the uh, monthly MI, the monthly MI with FHA used to have a factor of 0.85, which is kind of high. It went down to 0.55 now. Well, the MI on his conventional loan would have been 0.9, and the MI on his FHA is 0.55. To make a long story short, I think his payments are like 300 bucks lower each month now, and he saves over even just a 5 year period i think he'd save like 20 grand so it's yeah. it's it's crazy that's, you guys got to That's the thing this.
0: that i think a lot of people do too is they they sometimes just take their idea i you know when i see a lot of content especially around like fha loans or like va usda whatever it is anything that's like not conventional is people go and watch videos and they get bad information and okay. then they just go and regurgitate that information over and over and increase the cycle yeah. and all of a sudden people are like These loans are bad or they're X. It's like, well, did we actually analyze the numbers? And most people don't because it's really difficult to do. Um, And like the only software that does stuff like this is like a hundred bucks a month. Um, I know because like I've scoured the internet and like paid for those services. So then I remade one. (laughs) I, I basically made my own version and I only charged $17 for it once. So it's not a monthly fee. It's super cheap. Um, but, uh, you can get it. It's when the house you love.com slash advisor. And this lets you go in, uh, like Dan was talking about, and you can add multiple loan options and put in like differences in down payment, interest rate points, fees, uh, mortgage insurance. And then it will tell you, um, exactly which loan is the cheapest based on the actual cost of the loan. Um, not just based off of which one had a lower rate, but actually considering like Am I how it changes over the uh, period of time? How upfront costs versus lower monthly costs um, factor in over a period of time as well. And this will actually help you make like an informed decision about buying as opposed to just uh, like, oh, I was told this is a better loan. So I'm going to go with this option. And, uh, you know, like you're mentioning too, it helps you make it's like 17 bucks to make a decision that could save you like 20 grand as a pretty good good return
1: last night. I was talking to this client last night and Kyle sent it to me and I ran the numbers and I'm like, dude, when did you do this? Cause I need it. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's awesome, Uh, but you guys check it out for yourself.
0: Next question. I don't want to tell you the amount of hours I spent creating
1: that. (laughs) Dude, it was what flabbergasted me is it even took into consideration what year it is. And then it adjusted the MI factor to it and everything else. Because when I was looking at it initially, I looked over you know, how much that person would save over, over 30 years. That person was saving like $70,000. And I, when I went into it, I'm like, dude, you got this wrong because the MI was wrong or something like that. And you're like, no, you have to sc- scroll through. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, dude, this is awesome. So it, it, it even helped me help you know, Dan make that decision.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Robin? All right. You said, so, Dan, I did reach out to your company and said they couldn't help me get a mortgage based on the information on my credit report. Are there any programs that can help me pre-qualify?
1: Email me. Um, Robin, just email me. Uh, I'll give you my email address and I'll work with you tomorrow.
0: Let me put but, your email in here.
1: Yep. So you are on here all the time asking questions. Love to have you here and I will personally take care of you in the first thing in the morning. And if you would, um, um, email me, if, if I can Zoom you or call you, I'd love to do that because what I want to do is I want to go over to you and go through the scenario, what it is, make sure we understand everything, you understand everything and put you on a right path to get you a conclusion at some point.
0: Uh, June Kim said, hello, a follower from the Bay area in California. Oh, that's a pricey area. Um, for real estate tax deduction, what are some things that can be deducted from a tax perspective as a primary home, not an investment? Um, the first thing to consider, and I think a lot of people forget about this is (laughs) one, it's kind of the same thing where that regurgitation of information, Uh, a lot of real estate agents will just go on about like, there's tax benefits to buying a home. And then you ask them like, what tax benefits And they're like, uh, (laughs) actually I don't know. So it depends if you're doing a standard deduction or an itemized deduction. If you're a household or an individual who takes the standard deduction because the standard deduction is really high and most individuals don't have enough personal expenses to qualify or to save money getting an itemized deduction. Um, So most people like myself take a standard deduction because it's way more than I could write off myself again, not as a business as a personal, uh, individual. So, you know, it's the, your personal write-offs, right? Not your business. Um, so it's only if you're doing itemized tax deduction. And if that's the case, then you can write off mortgage insurance and interest or the, the, the big factors, um, that you can write off there. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I'm missing from the top of my head, but, uh, those are the biggest, uh, Savings.
1: Say say fifteen years ago, there used to be uh, the the standard deduction was like twenty five hundred bucks or something like that. I forget what it was. Somebody will probably correct me, but so you get you would get to write off your taxes, your interest, all the other things. Nowadays, the the standard deduction is I is so high that you, most likely, unless you're paying gobs of interest or healthcare or something like that, you're not going to exceed that standard deduction. So you only really get benefits nowadays if on investment properties because th- that, you get to write off the interest, the taxes and you get to depreciate it, which is a huge number. And you're not like writing a check for depreciation. You're actually keeping that in your pocket. So there's great benefits for investment properties, but not for primaries anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, ZL said, uh, wondering what to do with an unused fireplace. Uh, do buyers even care about these if in a warm climate?
1: Unused, unused fireplace.
0: Um, if you're in a warm climate where someone's not going to use a fireplace, then I'm sure buyers don't really care about it. As far as like what to do with it, there's nothing that you really have to do as long as it's not posing like a safety risk. If it hasn't, like if that fireplace hasn't been used in years, then it's very unlikely there's going to be an issue with it. Um, as far as like uh, like a decorative thing, I know a lot of people will seal up their fireplace just to manage like, um, any like pests, any pest problems. And then some people will choose like, do like a decorative wood in the front of it or just close it off. So it doesn't look like an unused fireplace outside of that. There's not really like a concern that I'm aware of with like buying, selling uh, a house with an unused fireplace. Again, as long as it's not like posing a safety risk. yeah. If it ain't Um, broke,
1: my, my, my thoughts were it ain't broke. Don't try to fix it
0: yeah yeah uh i know that like my house there, there used to be a fireplace that was right here okay. and then the seller took it out and it was like so it was so expensive to remove and then re uh oh, yeah the word i'm looking for you have
1: to do everything like, yeah yeah i mean it's like i got one sitting right here am where am i looking for? right there and it's a big brick thing and if i had to take that out I, I would never get my money back. I would just leave yeah. it as is. Don't worry about it, and let the next buyer let, let let the next homeowner worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now I have no fireplace up here, but my basement is filled with this, like all the the base of this fireplace oh. that just <laughs> sticks out. Um, Frank, you said uh, Kyle have I have a late payment um in February of 2017. Do you think it will affect me in the process of buying a home? It's very unlikely. I'm curious, what kind of late payment is it on? A credit card, a auto loan? Really, it's it becomes a only really a big issue deal if it was a mortgage that you had a late payment on. Even then, you know, it's what are we six? Was that six years ago? It's very unlikely that's going to cause any sort of uh, it, impact. It won't do
1: home. anything.
0: Um, I had the very political answer, and Dan had the very straightforward answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, that was the same one. Um, Joshua, you asked, when will the spread between the 10-year yield and mortgage rates collapse decrease after the Fed pause rate hikes? Oh, after the Fed pauses rate hikes, right now the spread seems very wide. It that's is. That's a damn question.
1: Yeah, that it, 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 that's what I was saying at the beginning. I don't know if you just joined us or not. The markets are in chaos right now, and nobody wants to admit it that there's a disconnect all over the board. Uh, so that's why... It, it, we've never been in these times and I have no problem. I even tell my kids this, the answer I don't know is okay. Cause I don't know. You know, I, I think that even wall street, that's what they're struggling with uh, because if somebody really nailed it, you know, and and they're saying one person saying this, then the other person saying this, these are analysts, these are hedge fund owners. These are, you know, high executive people and they're still baffled. Many of them don't want to come out and say, I don't know, but uh, I'm going to come out and say, I don't know. You know, it, every time there's an action, there's a reaction. And it seems like the reactions on a lot of these things are they, they get so overblown that, you know, when are we going to come back to normal? I, but I, yeah. the, the answer to that question is, unfortunately, I, I don't know. And I don't know if anybody can really give you that answer.
0: Yeah uh segovia fam uh do you do conditional approvals um yeah conditional approvals happen on every single loan um i'm curious though i imagine you're probably asking about a tbd approval like a like an approval that happens from an underwriter before you're under contract Um, because otherwise a conditional approval happens on every single loan um you said i tried to ask a loan officer i'm working with in your company but never back um well that's not good that's that's not supposed to happen i'm going to put my email here in the um chat. If you could email me, uh, we will get that taken care of for you. Um, Erica, can you talk a bit about discount points? Um, Yeah. So basically think of a discount point, almost like prepaid interest. So when a lender offers you an interest rate, you usually only see one rate. rate. So a lender may say like, Hey, we can qualify you with a 6% interest rate. But on the back end, and Dan and I have done this on a couple live streams where we've shown you like how the software works in the back end and how all the rates work and how you can pick your own rate. Um, What actually happens is you have a whole list of rates that you can choose from and they all have different costs and credits associated with them. So for instance, maybe you can get a 6% rate with no cost. Okay. And that's not no closing cost; It just means the rate itself has no cost. Now, you could also choose maybe a 5.875% rate and pay a discount point. Um, so one discount point is 1% of the loan amount. And so that might cost you, let's say, to lower your rate an eighth of a point. Um, maybe it costs you, I don't know, $3,000. I'm just throwing out a random example. It depends on the loan side, a whole bunch of factors. So it costs you that money. You could also take a six point, maybe five percent increase your interest rate and receive a credit from the lender towards your closing costs. That's called a lender credit. Um, so basically, there's this whole scale. If we can uh, lower our interest rate and pay more money, or we can increase our interest rate and receive a credit back. Um, those are all options that work. And uh, that calculator we just showed that you can get at winthehouseyoulove.com advisor, you can put in different scenarios of paying points or credits and actually see at what point does the break even make sense. Because everybody does the math wrong. They take their monthly savings and then they divide that into the total amount of points. And that is not the correct math to do. It doesn't factor in that you only are looking at the interest savings monthly, not the total cost savings. You don't want to factor in principal cost into long term break even cost. So that calculator does all the math for you if you want to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good question because discount points can be a little confusing. Um, and maybe we need to do another refresher video, Dan, on uh, pull, going through the rates, um, how, how we look at rates and, yeah. and a whole rate table. Got it. Uh, Bobby said, what's the DTI on a VA loan? If you want to refinance after one year of owning the home, you want to take that?
1: Yeah. If you already are in a VA loan, you don't have to worry about that because you
0: can do what's called a,
1: uh, I R R R L. We pronounce it Earl. And what EARL is, is basically a streamlined closing for anybody that currently has a VA loan. Now, FHA has the same thing and USDA has the same thing. So all you need to do is, if you would, reach out to us. We have to just make sure that your credit score meets a certain extent. You'd have no late pays on your mortgage. And you, there's, a, it, there's an interest rate reduction of at least a half a percent. And if that all comes in place all basically we need to do is do b- a bunch of paperwork to help you get into a lower rate. So I don't know where the consultation button is through here, but uh, we have a consultation uh, link. Or if you would, uh, if you don't mind, that's another person, just email me. And uh, you can even just email me your mortgage statement or whatever, and I, that'll give me probably most of the data that I need uh, to see what you would qualify in with, today's, with today's rates and does it make sense and we can run through the numbers. So- uh,
0: Sweet. Yeah. And that, that's a, a good point. If you, if you do want to talk with a mortgage advisor on our team, you can go to winthehouseyoulove.com um, and schedule a call there. We like to do that. So there's not uh, a bunch of like phone tag, cause that can be frustrating for both people is that uh, you go in there schedule time that works for you. Um, and then we'll do, it's, there's no obligation. There's no cost to it. You're not locked into anybody. Um, what we can do is help you go through a pre-approval, take a look at, uh, you know, rates and costs and the whole deal um, and answer any questions that you have Um, Catherine, you asked, is Fannie Mae home ready program, the best program to use if you have a student loan and you're on the IBR program, IBR plan with your credit report showing a $0 for monthly payment. Um, so whether you're doing any Fannie Mae loan is going to work the same with student loans. It doesn't just apply to the home ready program. Um, so Fannie Mae will allow a $0 monthly payment. If you're on income-driven repayment, specifically in your case, income-based repayment underneath IDR. Um, So you'll be perfectly fine there. Freddie Mac is not going to allow $0. Unfortunately, they'll allow $1 but not 0 and it's a little strange. But Fannie Mae is the right way to go. It does not have to be home-ready. But if you can qualify home-ready, that's going to be a better program than uh, Fannie Mae Standard because you'll get a lower rate and lower mortgage insurance.
1: Perfect.
0: Um, Heather, if the seller is offering uh, a 3% incentive, um, I'm guessing you mean like 3% uh, closing cost credit, um, is it better to use that for closing costs or a rate buy down or a 2-1 or a permanent buy down? Heather, if there was a, if I could give you the answer to this, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to do that. Um, this is a complicated one. It really depends on like your goals and your personal situation. Um, Dan, do you want to, do you want to touch into that a little bit? You
1: know, there is, like Kyle said, everybody's going to give you, if you ask 10 different people, you're going to get six different answers. Um, here's what I would do. I would use that to pay my costs. Okay. Cause here's my assumption and you, you don't, it, it it might pan out. It might not pan out. I still think the federal reserve is going to pivot. Okay, why do we see rates as high as we see today? It's because of inflation and the Federal Reserve. So, if you buy, if you use that money to permanently buy down the rate, so let's say the rate today is six and a half and you're buying it down to six. Okay, so let's say, you know, this time next year rates are five and a half. Well, you're, you're probably going to refinance, even if you're at six, but you spent all that money buying it down to six. It didn't really pay off for you. If you do the temporary two one buy down, that, that could, that that's, might be the way to go. Uh, because any money that's unused, so let's say, for example, remember how that works. If today's rate is 6.5, the 2-1 buy-down, you're going to have a 4.5% rate for the first year. So that's probably not, the, not, not a bad way to go, because if rates come down permanently in the market, and you're able to refinance, any unused money that you, you used toward that 2-1 buy-down, you get credited back. Okay, So that might be a way to go. Um, so th- those are the options. I would not permanently buy down the rate in an environment where I'm pretty darn confident that rates are going to come down because we're entering into a recession and an eco- economic slowdown. So those are my yeah. you know, I left you on the, on the limb a little bit.
0: Yeah. With, with where r- rates are at right now, it's just, it feels a little risky to go with a permanent rate buy down. Just like you're, you're mentioning, it's like yeah. maybe if we were in what, We felt like was a more of a slump in rates like man if you were if if you were with like rates were like three percent and then you bought it down that would be just like a like a killer move but when it's like rates can definitely have room to still decline uh a permanent buy down you know that might take you four to five years to break even on it um it becomes a little bit risky because you're basically saying i don't think rates are going to come down in the next four to five years because uh, the way the buy down works is like if it's going to take you four years to recoup your money, which is pretty average, um, well, you refinance be- within that time period, you effectively lost money and made a, a not bad decision, but an incorrect decision on getting the permanent buy down to begin with. Um, Really quickly, Zachary said, I emailed Dan and Patrick, but never heard back. Um, I think we might have had some email issues here recently um if you could just email dan again or email me or both of us um and we want to we want to help you out so we're never i get uh, a lot
1: of stuff that goes to spam too i try to i try to check that as much as i can but i can honestly say i very rarely go without answering an email i mean you can email me normally at midnight and you might get an answer back believe it or not
0: yeah, we never are intentionally trying to, so if, it, if it's an issue, please bring it to us like you did, and we'll, we'll do our best to correct that. Um, Heather, you also asked, uh, should I hold off on buying until Q3 or Q4 in the hope that rates will come down? Um, you know, that it, it's such a tricky one, and, and we saw this a lot when, not with rates, but with pricing, um, in 2020. Uh, where everyone was saying what was happening with home prices, and a lot of people were kind of sitting back and saying, I'm not going to enter this market until home prices decline. And then the opposite happened. And what I, I think really kind of proves the point of like, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. And even though we can take our best guess on like technical indicators and news and what we think is going to happen, ultimately nobody knows what what's going to be true. And like, when it comes to you buying a home that you want to be comfortable in, you want to be safe in, and maybe you're moving out of, uh, a situation that you don't want to be in anymore. Um, I don't want, I personally don't want to leave that to the chance of I need the market. I need everything to be right in order for me to be happy and for things to work out for me. That to me is just like a not a great plan that's going to carry me through the rest of my life. So I always have a rule for myself of like three things that I require to buy a home. Um, number one is I have a payment that's like actually fits in my budget. Like I actually sit down, look at my budget, see where my, my money goes how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, how much can I comfortably spend on a home so that it doesn't impact the rest of my life? Because I don't want a mortgage that makes it so that I can't go and take a trip. I can't go enjoy a meal out with friends. I don't want to become house poor. So number one is making sure I have a comfortable monthly payment. Um, Number two is making sure that I'm going to buy for at least a five-year time horizon because history has shown us that even if you bought at the height of the market, even in like the 2008 crash, if you bought right at the height, it took you about six years uh, to break even on your money. You wouldn't have lost any money if you held onto the house for six years. So I think five to six years is a good timeline to expect to be in a home. And then number three is having an emergency fund of three to six months um, to make sure that after you buy the home, you still have money left over where you can manage those those, uh, issues if they come up. So if you buy the house and then there's an issue with maybe you get laid off or there's something that happens. You have six months where you can figure out how am I either going to regain income, lower expenses, or sell the house. If you have those three things, I believe you'll be able to buy in any market comfortably and not be so dependent on what could happen in the future. Um, and will that like derail uh, things? So that was a little bit of a long answer, but I hope that, I hope that helps. Uh, I, I haven't vacationed, I've been playing a lot of pickleball, that's what's uh the slight tan. Um, oh, Dan, there's a super sticker on your channel. I'm sorry, I didn't see this until now. Uh, don't worry, so, guys, I'll
1: smack him tomorrow.
0: So, Reese, well, thank you, uh, Twyman, I think. Uh, so it doesn't show emojis, it just reads out the description. So it says, Sheba dog saying good job while raising. His thumbs up. <laughs>
1: okay. Thanks for coming on board. And thanks for the super chat.
0: Uh, Segovia fam. I think, am I saying that right? Segovia fam. Um, how accurate are pre approvals? I've heard nightmares about underwriting. And deals falling through because of that process and the computer not catching things in the pre approval process. You wanna take that, Dan?
1: Sure, sure. So, here's what drives me nuts about a lot of automation and everything. So, as consumers, I, I get it. We want fast, you know, we want just boom, boom, boom. So, you gotta realize it's the old adage, you know, junk in, junk out. So, a lot of these systems, if you go in and you just plug in your own data and you don't talk to anybody, and within a minute or two, you're pre approved be skeptical because basically what that data is relying on you being accurate you knowing what income you can use you knowing what debts you have you knowing all this other stuff about the background of things that's why we what we do is so so some pre is not even might, might might not be worth a dime you know but here's what we try to do we try to everybody we try to set up a consultation with to get the story everybody has a story on what's what some are fantastic some are like oh boy we need some work here so then we pull your credit, we go through all that with you, we go through your income, we get your income documents, we get your pay stubs, we get your W2s, we get your your bank statements, we get everything. So it, dem- it depends on how much due diligence is done up front. I would rather take the time with with our borrowers to do all that due diligence because now we're going to, you know, we might even be the one setting you up with a realtor. So now you're out there working with a realtor, you're going to see houses weekend after weekend after weekend, then you find a house under contract, it comes back, and then we can't get you closed because your income isn't high as high as we, you know, we thought it was, you know, know, that's what happened, that's 99% chance that is not going to happen with us. Other places, I can't say because I don't know how much due diligence they did in there. But please, when you're doing this, that's why I get upset a lot of times when people are like, you know, we we didn't close with you because, you know, you had an extra $500 fee than somebody else. Well, yeah, maybe. But on the other side is we consulted with you. We vetted you. We helped you get a realtor. We might even help you with your credit. We went, analyzed all your income and everything, everything. And we did our due diligence and provided you with a pre-approval. So is that, is, are there fees in there? Maybe maybe our fee is 500 bucks more than somebody else. But based on all that, and we're being at your beck and call 24-7 weekends, if you need us, I think it's, it's valid there. But I'm not saying we have that extra $500 fee. What I'm saying is the due diligence of the company you went through. A lot of people, a lot of realtors we talk to, there's that company that shoots things in the sky. Um, they hate getting pre-approvals from them because most consumers go in there and they do it on their own. They just plug in all the data, they get their pre-approval and go out shopping. Well, if you did, if you did any errors in that, then your pre-approval is bad.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes that can be the the issue with um, anytime like a pre, I know like I like things that get done quickly too. Uh, But anytime, especially something like a pre-approval happens quickly through just like an, like a, like an app or something where it's like, if I can get a pre-approval in five minutes, it's not a good pre-approval. <laughs> I can guarantee somebody
1: Nobody, nobody looked at anything. They could Yeah.
0: And um, especially because like your home purchase can often be contingent on you being able to get financing, right? Like if you can't get a loan approved, you won't be able to buy the house. And for a lot of people, they're not in the financial situation where they can spend $500 on a home inspection and then $500 on an appraisal, all to not be able to purchase the home because they didn't get a good pre-approval to begin with and they weren't actually qualified for that home. Um, And so that I think is the biggest thing to watch out for is uh, it's not just like, oh, I can go work with, uh, like I should just be able to work with any lender and it's going to work out just because I got a pre-approval letter. Um, It's more like you want a strong pre-approval that helps make sure that when you're actually going to be able to close on this home, because you have to fulfill that contractual obligation to buy the home. Um, and if you're already spending money up front like through an inspection and an appraisal, you want to make sure you actually can close on it. Um, and there are plenty of times I've heard from people who have they've done that. They went, and they spent thousand dollars after they got a pre-approval from uh, a lender that was just like, well, we're not gonna check anything. you're good to go. Good luck. And then they go spend this money up front, all this time and energy. And in reality, a, a pre-approval that would have taken maybe 24 hours, with a more thorough check would have helped them understand, okay, we can still buy a house, just not that house or in this price range and not lose the money, not lose the time and not have the stress and anxiety that came with it. Um, Brenda, you said, hello, I'm from Southern California. We want to buy, but uh, I'm honestly a little scared that we'll get a high payment. Our gross income is about 80 to 90 with only 580 in monthly debt. Um, So I will say, you should, don't be scared uh, that you'll get a high payment because only you can choose to get a high payment. That's 100% in your control what payment you get. Um, and I know, I know this can come across as harsh sometimes. If you're in an area that you can't afford, you can't afford it. Like, it's okay to be, <laughs> to, to like say, you, you know what, I can't afford this home. I don't have to keep up with everybody else. Um, I, I don't live in a super high cost of living area. Um, and I know like people are in certain areas because of family or because of job, like a job or wherever. Um, but you don't have to live in a high cost area if you're not comfortable with a high cost lifestyle. Um, it is okay to say, you know what? I'm tired of paying this amount of money and go somewhere else. Um, you are the one who gets to decide if you're going to take on a high mortgage payment Or a low mortgage payment, or a mortgage payment that's comfortable for you. Nobody is forcing you to buy in an area that's expensive. And I really hope that doesn't come across as harsh. I just want you to know that, like that, that is within your control. Um, You have full ownership and and flexibility to control what's happening in your life and your family's life. And I want you to feel like empowered by that, um, and not limited by like I have to keep up with what's happening in all these areas because you know. You're not seeing me buy in San Francisco. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not buying in Austin and Phoenix. Like I, I'm. Not, I'm not in those markets. Yeah. Um. There's no way. I feel I, bad for
1: the people in Southern California. I mean, especially young kids. Yeah, I, I say young kids, young people. I mean, the cost. I mean, a starter house is five, six hundred thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. 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 It's wild. Um. Yeah, and if you can afford it, great. But there are a lot of people who who. Maybe uh, to a lender, they could afford it or they could get a loan for it, but it may not be the best yeah. financial decision to move forward with. Um, Louise, you said, I found a lender that has a rate at 5.5%. Do you have anything similar? Um, well, anytime we talk about rates, it really comes with there's so many different factors that are that are put in here, like what type of loan, what's your income, what's your credit score, what's your loan to value ratio. Um, so that's the first thing that we would have to look at. Um, but the second, I think someone mentioned this to – oh, where did they say? They replied to you and I can't find – oh, like Angel said, um, you always need to check if that rate includes discount points right. and always compare apples to apples. Here, Here's um, the analogy,
1: and I don't know if which I, is
0: the best, I said so don't. recently,
1: but I was actually quoted in Yahoo Finance. I, I, don't, I, I think I showed that. With okay. All right. <laughs> he was in
0: Yahoo Finance.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I – I, I was quoted in Yahoo Finance, folks. Just want to let you guys know.
0: My analogy Wait, what, was this. Which what it, where where are you quoted in? In
1: Yahoo Finance. <laughs>
0: Yahoo What's, Finance. I've never heard of it. Shut up. What's that?
1: So here here's what the analogy was. <laughs> it 5.5, I don't know if you guys know, but 5.5 isn't even on the board when it comes to, to rates. So that that's the first thing I would I would question. what, what I was quoted as saying is on, on a lot of videos I say this. You know, it's like you, me telling you that, you know, we know the gas is 3 bucks 4 a, a gallon. It's me type trying to say, you know, I, I found gas down the street at $0.50 cents, uh, a gallon. But you only need to buy two cartons of cigarettes, three cases of beer, you know, a car wash and uh, four hot dogs. So there's always a catch to it. So if you even watch my channel on, uh, every morning, I, I, I go over rates, just the average rates throughout the whole country. There's nothing in the fives. So there's something there that you better look into is all I got to say
0: well in the fives but you do have to pay money oh to be in the well
1: yes yeah, yeah. I mean, and it probably's gonna be a lot of money
0: um
1: so, no, how much is a
0: pack of, how much is a pack of
1: cigarette's I have no idea I think it's like ten bucks now or something like that I've never smoked so I don't know that's a lot
0: that seems like a lot of money yeah. right
1: Per, and my dad used to smoke right. three packs of Lucky Strikes a day.
0: Those are the, Lucky Strike is that like the Mad Men? Two, those, are,
1: yes, those are the non-filtered. The, he was a stud, and he lived till he's ninety-one. Go figure.
0: You heard it here: the secret. secret lucky, to packs, living His stri- no, three no, p- packs. Do we of have to? Because day.
1: we're on YouTube. Do I have to put out a disclaimer? I
0: I think we I think we're going to I think we're gonna get demonetized to be honest. I'm not telling
1: you to yeah, go out this, and smoke cigarettes, especially Lucky Strikes. This,
0: <laughs> this live stream may be may get uh, demonetized yeah. because we talked about this. Um All right. Let's let us see. Uh Ryan said I was in his video this morning. Um Who Dan's? Do you have a video this morning, yeah. Dan? You did too. Oh, sweet. What? You, you put out a Oh, no, like a live stream? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I put up. well, I do my morning videos. Then I had a live stream. I'm actually stopping my live stream, folks. I'm not getting enough support out there, nor would I want to watch me every day at 3 o'clock go over what's going on in the markets. I don't need hey, – Yeah, I watch I, it. I don't find it in, uh, enjoyable listening myself, so I'm just going to do my morning casts. I'm going to stop doing the live events on, on every day at 3 o'clock, and I'll just join Kyle. And we got some new people coming on board here that will probably be doing some uh, – some collaborations with as well.
0: Um, Let's see, uh, Sunil, um, first time home buyer in Orange County, California, how to choose the right lender. And do you suggest to wait until December this year or go for it around June, July? So just to touch on your second question first, um, if you scroll back maybe like, I don't know, 15-ish minutes, maybe that's too far. Uh, I kind of talk through a little bit about like timeline and what's best. We try to recommend uh, staying away from like timeline stuff because it's, it's just, it's not helpful for us to tell you like what timeline works best for you um, because that can really be a personal thing. So uh, if you scroll back, I had like a couple, a little bit of guidance on some of my three rules for buying. Um, and then choosing a right lender, we would love to work with you. So Dan and I, we, we work on a team of mortgage advisors and we're licensed in all 50 states. Um, so you can go to winthehouseyoulove.com um, and schedule a free consultation call. If you'd like to get pre-approved or ask questions, take a look at, uh, you know, what you could qualify for. Um, we would love to be able to help you there. Uh, Bobby Bo. Uh, is it Bobby B.O. or Bobby Bo? Um, they, thanks, Kyle and Dan, for great information. Five stars. Oh, and then you called him B.O. Come on. Five. Well, it's in cap it's capital. It's B O. It. <laughs> I can't see it. Because
1: I'm, I'm Not to imply casting off of my phone right now.
0: Um I know it's it's like it's just what tiny about that enough big. on the screen that I'm, I'm like, i like have to double check. Um Sondra said, uh John is uh so John's on our team, um is helping with the U- USDA loan which I didn't even know was a choice until this channel. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear. Um, Yeah, John is fantastic. Oh, excuse me. I need to stop drinking like Coke on these streams. Um, John's fantastic. USDA loans are great as well. USDA loans, uh, 0% down if you're in a rural area. And I say it with quotes because it's not like, um, it doesn't have to be like a dirt road, pickup truck, uh, case of beer, (laughs) kind of rural. Is that rude? No, <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't I have to be cornfield. It's just, it's just a population size. Um, and there's a if you Google USDA eligibility map, uh, you can see all the areas that qualify, and we can help you find areas that qualify you know what too. You
1: might want to do. There's a huge area in California, just east of, I want to say San Diego, that is a huge area for USDA's, uh, and most people don't even know that. We should probably I, I'll. I'll
0: What's what's, that? what's the average um, home price?
1: I don't know. I know we I, we've done two or three loans out there, and that's that, oh, that's sweet. how I know because somebody called. This was about a year ago when we started getting flushed with USDA loans out in California, and I'm I, when I'm talking to the person, they're like, "Oh yeah, this the whole section just you know east of it. and I forget San Diego, San Francisco. I think it was it might have been San Diego, and it's like all USDA eligible."
0: Wow. So, I love USDA yeah, loans. Uh, they're just because like, dude, it's, I don't know if everyone's afraid to learn them or they think they're complicated or what, um, but they're, they're so great. Like you get 0% down the PMI, like the mortgage insurance is Nothing. so low. Um, like it's lower than a conventional loan. It does stay on for the life, but like it's comparatively um, great. Like interest rates are fantastic. Uh, I don't know why people don't do them um it's amazing um oh let's see we also have uh deluxe deluxe dutch said working with alan um, and alan's a, a partner with dan and i said just got um pre-approved a couple of days ago he's always super prompt on email replies dude is awesome um sweet that's awesome all well, tap- when you guys thing.
1: email us, we call. We email you back. You call, we call us back. You text, we text you back.
0: If if you get
1: anything other than, make sure you reach out to Kyle and myself. We'll get it taken care of. I promise you.
0: Um, Rick said, "Hey guys, I keep calling the credit bureaus to remove active disputes and dispute remarks, and somehow they s- removed, but come back later, and it's messing up the loan application process." Any suggestions? Um, You're coming back. I, what I would do is I would first, I know you're, you're calling the credit bureaus. I would first uh, see where did you um, file this, the dispute to begin with and make sure that that's taken off because a lot of companies um, that maybe I shouldn't name names, uh, a lot of companies where you can get your free credit score from when you file a dispute through them, they're not really doing a maybe thorough job of filing a dispute for you. They'll kind of just send out like an automated blanket letter. And if they see anything change, it just kind of gets resent. And the goal is like spray and pray kind of thing with disputes. And so it's possible that could be affecting you. So I'd first make sure that you're negating any dispute from that place. Um, If you have any issues after that happens, reach out to us. We can connect you with a credit coach who can help you figure out maybe what's going on a little more detailed. Like they actually spend all day working with credit bureaus to resolve issues like this. Um, because it is the least fun thing to do is to talk with any of these credit bureaus so they can do that on your behalf um, if you need help after that. Um, oh man, I want to say the, someone's name, but then when I press show, it's too small for me to read it. Uh, Tremaine, you said, how do we get credit back? Credit it back towards our loan or checking account or our checking account how do we get credit back towards our loan or our checking account? um i don't understand what you mean if you are asking about like how do you get uh maybe a credit to help with your closing costs that's the only thing i can think of um if there's something i'm missing please clarify and i can circle back to this um, but you can get like a lender credit. Like we talked about earlier, you can have your interest rate increased to get a lender credit um, towards your closing to costs to help lower those. You could also ask uh, the seller to help you with closing costs. That's what's more common. And that happens uh, usually with your realtor. So you'll put in an offer to buy a house. Maybe you'll say, I want to buy your home for $400,000. I'd like you to give me 3% of the purchase price towards my closing costs. If the seller agrees, they'll give you to help lower your closing costs. Is there anything you can think of that- I was lost too. I'm glad you grabbed that one. Okay. Uh, Dan, this is a good question for you. Uh, Corey asks, um, and Corey, thanks for being here. You're a a regular on here, Um, said many many say due to elections in 2024 will play a role in uh, housing. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Sometimes it can, it, that's a that's a real tough one because it depends on what cycle we're in. Uh, because during the year of an election, what the current administration tries to do, and I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or whatever, is they try to make everything look as peachy as it possibly can. Um, so the next coming election, I don't know. Uh, there's so many other events that could happen by that time. And there's so many other pieces of the puzzle that I don't think the next coming election is going to be at this point, as big as we hope. Um, There's so much to unpack there because there's instability throughout the whole world with China now trying to create uh, their own currency with uh, Russia and India and and, uh, Brazil and and other places. And then we have them trying to take over Taiwan. We have the Russian Ukraine war. There's so much stuff out there right now. I hate to divert this question, but I mean, it's just one link in this terrible chain that we're facing right now. That's, uh, But in a normal market, what happens is the usually the stock market goes up. Usually mortgage r- rates are, have been steady for the last 20 years. They try to make the economy look as good and robust as possible. So normally it's, it's nothing but good news for housing. This the, the the current state of everything, it just seems like everybody wants everything to be as doom, as gloom as we can and then blame the other sides. So it, that's a hard question to answer. And I'm sorry I just rambled for five minutes, but uh, that's the best I got.
0: Yeah, I think, I think anything this past couple of years has proved is like <laughs> any ideas of us being able to predict the future? Yeah. Gone.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no need no uh, anything, you know.
0: Um, let's see. Jump. Jump for man, I'm going to answer your question here in just a second. Um, a quick aside, everyone who's here, thank you so much for being here and answering questions. Uh, we also, like, we this isn't our full-time job is just sitting here and answer, answering questions on YouTube. Um, we both have a YouTube channel, but we also work on a mortgage team uh, with mortgage advisors working in all 50 states. Um, we'd love to be able to help you out too. Um, so if you're in that spot where you're like, I have more questions. I want to go through a pre-approval. I want to start looking at homes. I want to refinance. I want to just look at numbers, uh, take a look at like payments and closing costs and interest rates. Um, You can go to winthehouseyoulove.com and schedule a call with a mortgage advisor on our team. Um, So there's no obligation here. There's no cost. You're not locked into anything. Uh, It's going to take around 15 to 30 minutes. Um, And we just want to hear where are you at? What are the goals that you have and how can we help? And like someone was mentioning earlier is like, you know, there are programs like USDA that you may not even know that you could qualify for and you can take advantage of those programs. And that's our goal is to help uh, guide you on like what's going to be the best program for you um, and seeing how we can help you qualify to get into that program um, is really what we want to be able to help out with. Um, do, 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 I missed where I was in the questions. Um, okay. So a couple of questions about closing costs I saw in here, uh, jump Foreman said, why is my closing cost so much on an FHA home? Um, so you said 12,000 plus 4,500 seller costs. Um, well, and I don't know if you mean seller credit or it's the sellers cost closing costs themselves because sellers do have closing costs. Um, and you mentioned PMI. So one quick clarification is FHA has MIP, not PMI, it just stands for Mortgage Insurance Premium versus Private Mortgage Insurance, Um, basically the same thing. Uh, So FHA is a little tricky because not only does it have upfront mortgage insurance, but it also has monthly mortgage insurance. Um, And I have a whole video covering FHA guidelines on my channel that covers both of these in detail. So. You do have to pay upfront mortgage insurance. That's 1.75% of your loan balance, and that's added to your loan balance. Okay. So if you had, for easy math that I can do in my head, if you had a $100,000 loan, uh, you would then have $1,750 of upfront mortgage insurance. So your total loan would be $101,750. Okay. I can't do math any higher than that (laughs) in my head. Um, You also have monthly mortgage insurance with FHA as well. Okay, So what ends up happening on your loan estimate is that upfront mortgage insurance has to be disclosed to you. They can't just hide it. So it has to be disclosed to you. Um, But what you'll see in the bottom right uh, corner of page two of the loan estimate, it should say amount financed um, by your loan. And that will have that amount of the FHA mortgage insurance premium included. Okay. So they have to disclose the cost, but it is financed through, uh, your loan amount. And that's just the nature of FHA loans. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, someone else had a closing cost question. Oh, gaming, entertainment, TTV. You also said why is the closing cost for FHA loan so expensive? Um, hopefully that explains uh, explains it. If you still have questions about that, um, just ask your loan officer like, hey, can you give me like rundown through my loan estimate line by line? What, what What's this fee? Why is it being charged? Who's it going to? Why is it there? Um, and they can help clarify that a little bit. Uh, Erica, my husband and I sold our home in February. Should we use the profit to pay off $37,000, 30, pay off $37,000, 800 payment per month, okay. Mm-hmm. Or rehab loan for 12,000, rebath loan or is that a rehab loan? Oh, yeah. um, so basically are you asking what, what debts should I pay off is the question. Should I pay off thirty-seven thousand that covers eight hundred, or should you cover one that covers twelve thousand for one hundred and eighty-one? It really—that's probably more of like a personal finance question. Uh, I don't, unless you're asking like what's going to be helpful for you buying another house. For buying another house, obviously having a lower debt-to-income ratio is better. So paying off the higher amount would be great. Um, but it's possible you may not even need to pay that off. So like I would talk with a loan officer if you're still looking to buy a house. Hey, what do I need to pay off anything? Um, Don't pay off stuff if you're in that spot until you talk with your loan officer about it because it can make things all sorts of weird with your credit score. Um, Outside of that, it really just depends on your personal finance strategy. Uh, Some people really want to tackle high bounce stuff. Some people want to tackle high interest rate stuff. Some people go like snowball method and see like let's knock out the 12,000 first and feel like we have a a little bit of breather. Um, There's not a huge... Um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like advantage, disadvantage to either strategy.
1: Good advice. You need a man. I might call in (laughs) next.
0: They're saying rebath loan. Do you know what rebath means? Or is that maybe it's rehab? Because B and H are close to each other. Yeah, I think they mean rehab loan. Um, we're in the process of building our forever home. We wanted to get rid of the rehab loan because it was, it's
1: always kids. that old allo- in analogy. Do you pay off the high interest rates? Like you said, I, you know, or do you just pay off a bunch of small little bills to get those out of your hair and leave yourself with one big bill or whatever. Everybody has yeah. different philosophies when it comes to that.
0: If you want a purely mathematical approach, uh, there's a tool called undead it. I think it's undead.it. it. I just Google it undead it. Uh, and it shows you all the different strategies and mathematically what's the best That's choice. Cool. So if you want to get super nerdy, go do that. Um, but that will put me to sleep. I'll be on there tonight.
1: <laughs> now you got me thinking.
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> does, your, uh, does your mortgage credit score show up on the annual credit report? Um, no, not the mortgage score. I'm not sure exactly which one shows up on the annual credit report. But it's not the mortgage, FICO. Um, hey guys, are lenders still honoring the uh, mortgagee letter that mentioned the gaps in employment, which led to reduction or loss of income due to COVID nineteen? Um, yeah, yeah. If there's a mortgagee letter for it, then all FHA um, endorsed lenders uh, will follow that. Yuland said, we got a new construction ready to buy. We got a new construction ready by July. Uh, We're under contract now. By when do we need to choose a lender? Um, We have three that we're comparing and want to wait for all their loan sheet estimates first. Dan?
1: If you would, once you get all three of their loan estimates, shoot them over to Kyle, and Kyle will give you the website where to do that. And what we're going to do is we'll analyze those for you. And then what we could do is that, no cost to you um, and free free of charge we can compare uh, what we could get you based on all the 90 lenders that we work with versus what you're being offered and we'll be honest with you we'll say okay this this is what we can get you this lender is beating everybody we'll break it down and say here's you know you got a b c and d at this point we'll say pick b and here's why and we know what we're looking at so we'll be able to tell you exactly you know no we're not winning Here's this one's winning or yeah, we, we can beat all these quotes that you have and then you just found your solution. But is it's, do you have that uh, loan estimate uh, link available?
0: Uh, yep. It's in my description um, and it's also on my website. Uh, and it's also, wait, let me double check that this works. You changed it. Uh, when the house, <laughs> you changed the
1: caption yeah. things and I was doing something the other day and I went to flick and put my name and email address up there and you changed them. I'm like, ah, crap,
0: they're gone. Oh, really? I had cat change <laughs> I... him, So it's possible that it was. Uh, okay. um, if you go to. Oh, man, why is it not? Uh... Where's my screen? Okay. Winthouseyoulove.com. The and then down here under tools, compare your quote. Uh, apparently, I need to update this. Just click continue, and it will take you to a form, and you can upload that securely there.
1: What we're going to do is we're going to compare your offer. We're going to go into the system that we use that scans basically the whole country over 87 lenders, the country's largest lenders and figure out who, who has the best rate out there for you. And then we can, we can actually facilitate you getting a loan through that company as well. So, uh, that's, what we, that's, what we do free of service to you.
0: Um, whoa uh is it advisable (laughs) you ever have you know those things where like people uh like their username is like a um like a suggestive thing i'm so afraid of like reading something and getting just like caught and this can be clipped and (laughs) then um is it advisable to do a three percent conventional versus three and a half fha if five percent down payment's not achievable if credit scores above 740, will FHA rates still be better than conventional? Uh, I got gotcha. you. Instead of the hypothetical, I have a calculator that does this. If you go to winthehouseyoulove.com advisor, you plug in the numbers, it tells you exactly which one's the best option for you in which year. Um, that is the easiest way to do it um, because otherwise, it's impossible to tell you exactly in every scenario which one's going to be best. Um, sweet okay so here is uh the bad news okay so at every stream there comes a point where we have to wrap things up and i know that we didn't answer every question it's impossible i haven't had a stream in the past uh probably year that i've been able to answer every single question it just is not physically possible um but that's why we do way more than these streams. We do not just do these streams like full-time, right? So uh, we have a whole company. We can work in all 50 states. If you go to winthehouseyoulove.com, you can schedule a call and our team will spend more time with you than we can just questions on a YouTube live stream. So we'll spend time with you to answer your questions, go through your pre-approval, show you numbers, the whole deal. You can also email Dan or I, um, our emails. I'll go ahead and put them in the... Uh, in um, Chat again for some reason I can never remember. It's called Chat. Uh, the Rate Updates. Um, and Dan and I also do we do this stream every single Wednesday same time same place eight p.m. Eastern on both of our channels my channel when the house you love Dan's the Rate Update uh, with Dan Frio um, so welcome to answer or ask questions there we also publish videos multiple times a week usually um, and you can ask this question there there's so many places you can still ask us questions. Yeah. Uh, so we will be here again next week. Thank you, everyone who did have questions. I um, hope it was helpful. We would love to work with you if you're ready to move forward with the next stage of the buying process. Um, just reach out to us. Go to winthehouseyoulove.com. Um, Dan, any parting words? No. Nope. For us, I
1: just I greatly appreciate you guys being here because without you guys, none of this would be possible. So appreciate it. God bless. Awesome. Fantastic In- week. And if you need any help, please reach out to us.
0: And we got another five stars from Bobby. (laughs) Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. All right. We will see you all next week. Have a